The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Amen. I tell you, my burden has been lifted away. I, I get so nervous when it comes to singing, when it comes to uh, announcements, but for I, I, when, when it gets to preaching, I, I, it's God's word. I mean, I, I, it's my security blanket. So I feel I'm, I am free as a dove now, and I'm looking forward to being able to preach the truths of God's word. Uh, I do want to say first off that I'm th- uh, thankful for our pastor. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to be up here. Um, I'm grateful for uh, many, many men that have shed their blood for the sake of of being able to have this privilege of uh, freedom to be able to preach God's word. And uh, it's, it's, it's my goal as a missionary to be able to help other countries be able to see that also, uh, the vision and the opportunity that if they too will just preach the word of God and be faithful, that God will, God will do what he needs. No weapon formed against me will prosper. As long as I stay with God, God will take care of me. And I'm not trying to preach prosperity. I may end up dying for my faith, but I know I'm in God's hands. And so um, I just wanted to say, uh, again, thank you to Pastor. Uh, John chapter 12, the title of the message is Biblical Worship. You know, I thank God for the Bible that is not feeling-based, but fact-based. I'm afraid that our churches in this generation has shifted to feelings And it's because we have a lack of Holy Spirit power. And so we're having to cultivate or make up, conjure some sense of spirit that, can I tell you, is not the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God, and it's the Word of God that gives us the liberty and the boldness to preach foolishness, uh, the foolishness of preaching. And so in John chapter 12, if you could stand, and if you're physically capable in in honor of God's Word, John chapter 12 and verse 7 We'll just read verse number seven. The Bible says, Then said Jesus, Let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. When I, when I read my Bible, a lot of times I read it as if, it's a, as, as if it's a movie. I'm afraid people don't get anything out of their Bible because they read it like a newspaper. Jesus was not some girly man. He was a masculine man. And he stood up for those that needed the, 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 the friend to stand up for. And there's no doubt if, if I was sitting there right next to Jesus, Jesus would have defended this sweet young lady by saying, let her alone. And so again, the title of the message is Biblical Worship. And uh, I'll pray, dear Father, just please uh, use me in spite of me. Hide me behind the cross. Lord, let me be nothing but a vessel. Give me boldness and liberty to say exactly what you would say, but hide and refrain my weaknesses and my youthfulness in anything that you wouldn't have me to say. We'll give you the honor and glory in your name. Amen. You can be seated. I want us to look at John. Keep, keep your Bibles open to John chapter 12. That's primarily where we're going to stay tonight. But I want us to look at John chapter 12 and give what I believe is misunderstood in some churches today. It is amazing how we have more churches than ever before in history, and yet at times we have such little power from God. I believe this is due in part to a lack of worship. I'm afraid many people do not fully understand how to worship God. I do not put blame on these individuals because everyone needs an opportunity to learn truth from the scriptures. Every one of us used to be in that same situation. 
We didn't know what right and wrong was, and we were needing to have an opportunity to learn. So I don't blame the individuals. The truth I want to teach on tonight is biblical worship. So the question is, what is biblical worship? If you were to call and ask one church what worship consists of, they may give a completely different answer than what another church might say. Some churches will tell you that worship is only through song. Some churches will tell you that worship cannot be through song. Some churches will tell you that worship is using musical instruments. Some churches will tell you that you can't use musical instruments to worship God. Some churches will tell you that worship is evident on the outward deeds of a man, while others may say it is only evident in the heart. If we are to truly worship the Lord, then the real question should be, what does he expect from us when it comes to worship? Because after all, worship is for the Lord. So I looked up the definition, and, and worship is defined this way. To pay divine honors to, to reverence with supreme respect. Now let's go back to John chapter 12. To give a short summary of the story in chapter 12, we'll see a few main characters present. During this supper, we see Jesus, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, who in chapter 11 was raised from the dead by Jesus, Judas the betrayer, and many, as the Bible puts it, unnamed people. We will primarily focus on two main individuals tonight, Mary, who worshiped God, and Judas. So let's look at how Mary worshiped God. Let's look at verse number one of John chapter 12. The Bible says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he, uh, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Look at the next phrase here. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly. So number one, worship requires preparation. Worship requires preparation. Before we go on to any other point, I want to express how important it is for you to prepare yourself to worship God. Mary had to go and purchase this ointment ahead of time. Mary had to pick which ointment she wanted to use. Mary took time before meeting Jesus to prepare for him. Listen tonight, you cannot expect to get anything out of church in your daily walk with God if you're not constantly preparing yourself for that day of worship. I would be safe to say that preparation was just as equally important as the day of worship. Can you imagine if Mary had not prepared? Why do we so often lack power from God? I believe this is because of no preparation. Worship cannot be emotionally worked up when you arrive at church. Worship takes a prepared heart. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a still, small voice. I'm afraid it is sometimes too loud and busy in our own personal lives today to even hear the Holy Ghost of God try to tell us what to do. And so if you really want to worship God, again, it's, we're not interested in a religion. We're not interested in what men say. We're interested in what the Word of God says. And we see here clearly that Jesus wanted to illustrate through this precious young lady that worship takes preparation. So number one, worship requires preparation. Number two, worship requires a price. Worship requires a price. Let's look at verse number three again. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, and here's the key phrase, very costly. 
very costly. The next understanding about worship is very important as well. Worship will, listen to this, always cost an individual deeply. Now let me stop and be clear that worship is not salvation. Salvation is free to us because Jesus already paid that price. Worship, however, is very costly to us. Bible scholars say that the price of the ointment Mary purchased was equal to one year's worth of salary. You may be asking, how could I ever save up enough money to give Jesus one year's worth of salary? I would simply say with this statement, you can't if you do not prepare and plan. The average Christian today lives their lives as if God is not present six days of the week, and then on Sunday they try to perform a false sense of worship. Amen. This worship is not how Mary served. Mary gave her all. Mary had a surrendered heart for that day. Did you know that there's another way you can give one year's worth of salary to the Lord? If you decide right now, listen, young people, that you will surrender your life over to Jesus completely for one year and let him have his way. I thank God for the circumstances that went through my life. I did not willingly give one year. I reluctantly gave one year. But God can use the simple things to confound the wise. And because I reluctantly gave one year of my life to God in Bible college, I'm now standing here today doing the most important thing in all the world. If God has been given your life, then he will have everything. So remember now, worship is not for you. It's for him. You see, the Christian life is not for you. Church is not for you. Soul winning is not for you. Standards are not for you. Music is not for you. It's all about the cross and him crucified. Worship is not to make you feel good and be prosperous in life. Worship is always about him and what makes him worthy to be praised. So number one, worship requires preparation. Number two, worship requires a price. Number three, worship releases a perfume. Worship releases a perfume. Let's look at verse number three. The Bible says, And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Real worship is such a special event because it allows other people to see a genuine display of love and sacrifice. People know if you have prepared your heart to worship God. They know it. The Bible says that the odor of your worship will be evident through the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. It is interesting to know how God refers to our worship as fruit. In the Philippines... There are two fruits that I have become extremely familiar with. Both are recognized by their odor. One has a very pleasant odor and is called a mango. The other has a very unpleasant odor and is called the durian. Both are fragrant. I can be in any room with that fruit 
and be able to tell you exactly what type of fruit it is. My question for you tonight is this. Are you putting out a pleasant fragrance or a fragrance that is not pleasing to the Lord? Can I encourage you tonight to choose the pleasant odor? To choose to give off the pleasant fruits of the Spirit? It will be hard because it requires worship. You see, it's hard to truly love people without having worshiped the Lord. It's hard to be patient with those that are lacking if you've not worshiped with the Lord. Many individuals in church appear to be no different than when they were lost in sin. They do not emit an odor of worship that is pleasing to the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, we see that the Lord loved the smell of sweet savor that came from sacrifice. Let us constantly be giving of ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. So number one, we see worship requires preparation. Number two, worship requires a price. Number three, worship releases a perfume. Number four, worship recognizes the producer. The producer. Look at John chapter 12 and verse number two. John chapter 12 and verse number two, the Bible says, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. It's interesting, in John chapter 12, you hear Lazarus many times. And so it's interesting to think that. So as I began reading this passage, I wanted to find out why was it so important about this man, Lazarus. Well, let's look at John chapter 11, if you'll turn with me, and we'll begin reading in verse number one. John chapter 11 in verse number 1. We'll read from verse number 1 to verse number 4. But the Bible says in verse 1, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus. So this is the beginning of Lazarus' discussion in the Bible. It says, Name Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. But this is what stuck out to me in verse number 2. Listen to this phrase. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus, Lazarus was sick. That hit me like a truck. Why in the world is God talking about chapter 12 in chapter 11? We're not in chapter 12 yet. Why is he trying to prophesy here? Is it because he wants us to pay attention to what's about to happen in chapter 12? Let's read verse number three. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Verse number four, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Why? But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Listen to this. God does not answer prayer for prosperity's sake. Why does God answer our prayers? So that the Son of God might be glorified. I'm amazed at how little our faith is. We pray and we cry out to God, God, cure me of cancer, please. But when we get cured, we walk around as if God did not really do anything. Why do you want cured if you really believe in heaven? As Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Do you claim, do you believe heaven is real? It's better than this sin-filled world. We don't ask God to answer our prayers so that we can contain in our own pleasures of this world. We ask God to answer prayers so that the heathen know our God is real. We were in India, and there's a man by the name of Manu, and he was in a village with... I need to be careful because I'm on live stream, I forgot, but there was, he was in a village in a certain country. 
And in this village, he has gone from a heathen village with no Christianity and has over, well over 50 converts in his church serving the Lord. I was mesmerized. I asked him, I said, what, what did you do, humanly speaking, to have these people see this? And this is the statement he said. He said, I don't talk bad about their gods. They already know their gods are fake. I just testify on how good my God is. And can I tell you, that's what the world is doing right now. As Jesus said, Father, forgive them! Because they don't understand. There's, there's songs throughout history been written about looking for love. Looking for love because they are. The Bible says love is of God. My question is to you, are we focused on the producer or are we focused on prosperity? Go back to John chapter 12. I want you to read verse number 9 with me. In John chapter 12 and verse 9, again, there's a reason why this was prophetic. John chapter 12, verse 9. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus, also whom he had raised from the dead. It is interesting how similar this story is today. In this story, we see many people come with the intent to see Lazarus. They were focused on the prosperity and product of the Lord's goodness, while Mary was focused on the producer. I am sad to say that often I am one of those at church that I will come to church to see my friends who've been given resurrection spiritually rather than come to meet the one who can resurrect. I'm not saying that is wrong. I am saying if we're not careful, we will come before the Lord to get something rather than give something. I'm grateful to see the testimony of Mary who realized just how worthy the Savior was to be worshipped. So number one, worship requires preparation. Number two, worship requires a price. Number three, worship releases a perfume. Number four, worship recognizes the producer. And lastly, worship refuses to pull apart worship refuses to pull apart look at john chapter 12 and verse 4 this is a sad part of the story again i believe jesus in this passage was trying to show what true worship is and unfortunately there was a man that did the opposite of worship and so god used that weakness to glorify him and to show us an opportunity to enhance our ability of worship. Look at verse 4. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Look at what God is careful to have us notice next. Look at the phrase, the way God, through his inspiration, phrased it. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag, and bear what was put therein. During my last part of the sermon, I want to focus on the person depicted in the story that was doing the complete opposite of worship. Notice here that Judas chose to criticize a sweet lady in her worship. Notice also how critics will twist Scripture to appear more righteous. Is it wrong to feed the poor? Absolutely not. But I want us to look at the reason why Jesus said to leave her alone. Remember in the Bible, 
when Jesus told the disciples the two greatest commandments? Look at Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, this is the last passage for tonight, but for the sake of seeing it, I want you to, I want you to see Jesus' fulfillment when it came to answering the question of the greatest commandments in the Bible. If you could sum the Bible up, what would it be? Let's look at what it says. Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 34. Verse number 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence. They were gathered together. Verse 35, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, key phrase, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And... And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And look at verse number 40. If you were to sum up the Bible to the unsaved, this is the Bible. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We see clearly in John chapter 12 that Mary expressed love towards God through her recognition that Jesus' death would make him worthy to be praised. It was the oil of spikenard that represented his death. She was trying to show her expression of thanks because of him being her Savior. She loved God in this passage. However, according to the two greatest commandments, if she had chosen to sell the ointment and give it to the poor, then Jesus would have, just been, would have been just as equally pleased because she would have loved on others. I'll give another example. If you were to come to me and say you're praying for me, I would be so thankful. But if a person decides to go to my children instead and say that they're praying for them, I would be just as equally thankful. My children are a product of me. Humankind was created in God's image. Therefore, to take care of humankind is taking care of God. The focus here by Jesus is not on how worship was expressed, but rather the focus was put solely on a thief named Judas that performed religion for selfish gain. He was being righteous for selfish reasons, and he had the bag and wanted to steal the worship away I want to say this lastly there have been times I have preached a sermon out of the will of God because I wanted to preach a certain topic or correct a certain situation my intent for selfish gain produced a lack of worship towards God it also produced a lack of Holy Spirit power there have also been times that I have chosen to sing a song in church because I wanted to sing the song or hit a low note and I was a thief of worship to God. Both preaching and singing are not wrong. But when we take our eyes off of God, we begin to lose His power. Let us always remain focused on our own personal worship and not the worship of others.
My greatest fear in life is to have the Lord Jesus tell me to let her alone because I'm too focused on others and I'm really just a thief looking for a chance to steal the worship from God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.